for me, I see God in the other. So Jesus's face is in the face, is in your face, Donnie, that mm. I'm looking at right now. Mm -hmm. But also God is in the other of creation. So when I look at creation, I can feel that Holy Spirit just oozing across our landscape. And I want to be closer to that and interconnected with all. My mission is to green the heart of the church. Mm. Hello and welcome to the Soul Food Podcast, bringing you stories that nourish the soul. It's Alison and Donnie here from the Mission Enhancement Team. And we hope that this podcast will encourage you in your life and faith wherever you are right now. Here comes another Soul Food story. Welcome all to the Soul Food Podcast. We're excited to have Sue Martin in this space today for our conversation. Sue is married to David and together they have four children and six grandchildren. Sue is a parishioner in our diocese at Kenthurst Parish, and for Sue, life, faith, and creation are an integral part of her spirituality. Her current and recent roles include Ecology Officer for the Jesuits, Sustainability Centre Coordinator with St. Ignatius College Riverview, and National Director for Catholic Earth Care Australia. She currently is the Coordinator for Being with God in Nature Ministry with the Jesuits and Ignatian Spirituality Australia. Welcome, Sue. Welcome, Donnie. <laughs> Thank you for hosting us in your in your home, in fact. And it's a gorgeous place out here in Kentos. It's a pleasure. Yeah. What's the what's the highlight of living in this space, Sue? What would you say you love about living here? So, it, so for me, uh, Kentos is just the most beautiful place. We have creeks and we have blue gums and we have just the most beautiful creation. But we are also farms. We are the citrus. Mm. capital of Sydney and it's so oh. for me um, just being able to dabble in a little bit of um, gardening and having the beauty of um, a, a, um, a big garden sometimes mm. too big and I just love it yeah. I just love being here I didn't realize Kentos is a citrus capital right yes <laughs> yeah and speaking of citrus and, and food in fact um, how we like to begin our podcast on soul food is we like to ask a food story that really describes a bit about you and your life and faith experience. So what comes to mind when you think of food and how it connects to life and faith for you, Sue? So, Donnie, I was thinking about this. And for me, maybe uh, I live in a multi-generational home. Mm. And so f food, um, I leave that with my daughter-in-law, who's beautiful, <laughs> Kate, yep. um, does lots of the cooking at the moment. Mm. So for me, I was remembering that um, our parish has beautiful fellowship after church. And um, I, I uh, remember we have these uh, women's breakfasts mm. and every time Mike O'Connell, so the beautiful Mike mm. makes scones. <laughs> and I love that Mike has taken it on to help us with our uh, nourishment yeah. and um, um, just scones are a beautiful way of connecting and connecting around um, after church. Yeah, too. No, yeah. That's, that's a great example. And in fact, I remember when we first moved to Australia, uh, I'm from the Philippines with my family and um, basically we didn't know what scones were. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's <laughs> but, right. But now archetypally for us, it just means uh, home connection and family as as it sounds like for you in the parish as well. Yeah, and I remember my mother-in-law. Mm. You would you would uh, drive up the driveway 
And by the time you got out of the car, she had the scones in the oven. Mm -hmm. And 20 minutes later, you were sitting having a cup of tea and a scone. Oh, how good. So that, <laughs> um, that memory of my mother-in-law. That's so yeah. symbolic. Yeah. yeah. Just from your introduction, anyone who's listening would, would obviously put together that uh, ecology and creation is something very close to you uh, in, in your heart too. And I wonder if you can, for our audience, trace some of the origins of that, that passion and that connection to ecology. Where did that come from? I can. I grew up on Devlin's Creek. Mm. And so my family were very um, justice conscious. Mm -hmm. And so um, for me, I just was a, a young kid who played outside in the creek mm. for hours mm -hmm. and so that connection to nature i think had a deep sense of understanding that um our local environment is important mm. i used to look out for the eel that only came at a certain time of the year i was too young to understand the seasons mm. but it started something within me and then high school i went to mount st benedict's at pennant hills mm -hmm. And the Good Samaritans really instilled justice and with my family background in justice, mm. that ecological justice took place. And I went off to university to become an agronomist. Okay. So I learned agricultural yeah. science, but that really was the precursor for environmental science because I wanted to look after the land. Mm. I wanted to plant trees. So in 1983, yep, yep. I was wanting um, more trees to be in our landscape. So that deep sense, I think, came from the Good Samaritans, mm. came from my family. Mm -hmm. And it was that love of nature that I was able to explore and just be out in nature. As a, as a young child. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. And um, just on the tail end of, of a bit of that tracing of those, those broad steps, there was that example of an action that you were able to, to take. Um, what would you say has been uh, a moment where you realize that you actually have a voice and agency when it comes to um, caring for the environment and contributing to its well-being as well? So I, I'll share with you that I became a school teacher mm. and I love helping others mm -hmm. so that sense of um faith doing justice and mm -hmm. that faith helping others and um i um was always happy to help and um participate in research mm -hmm. and we were looking at how to be better teachers and um doing a little bit of action research mm -hmm. but for me I, the first time when I realized I could do something with my uh, mission mm. of doing eco-justice, I was um, talking to a teacher mm -hmm. at Riverview mm -hmm. and I said, I can help you be a sustainable school. Mm. And I wrote to them and I said, I, I would like to help you and I... I'll run your eco program for you. Mm -hmm. And they said, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that started this real journey of me opening up an eco faith, yeah, okay. eco spirituality. Okay. 
and then Ignatian spirituality. Mm-hmm. So they all, and that for me has gone hand in hand. And so that was in 2008 mm-hmm. and my journey has just blossomed. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned that um, particular spirituality or, of eco-faith and maybe for some of our listeners, I, I'd have to say so myself, I, I've heard of, you know, eco-spirituality, but eco-faith put that way. It's the first time that I've, I've come across it. So how would you describe that or define that for someone who has never heard of that before? Oh, so yeah. So I, I, I sort of immerse myself in mm. it. So it's a little bit hard to step, <laughs> yeah. step back. Yeah. But um, for me, I um, see God in the other. Mm-hmm. So Jesus's face is in the face, is in your face, Donnie, that mm. I'm looking at right now. Mm-hmm. But also, um, God is in the other Mm. of creation. Mm -hmm. So when I look at creation, I can feel that Holy Spirit just oozing across our uh, landscape. Mm. And I I want to be closer to that and interconnected with all. Mm. Um, So my my eco-faith is... My mission is to green the heart of the church. Mm-hmm. So it, it is about love. Mm-hmm. So it's about love for the other, mm-hmm. you, Donnie, mm-hmm. and my fellow parishioners and mm. all of those that I have those scones with after <laughs> church. Yep, yep. But it is also um, love of my creek, my mm. platypuses mm. that I'm looking after, love of my worms in my worm farm. Mm-hmm. You know that that love expanding and my heart having green tinges mm. as well as other tinges for um, those on the margins that I just yeah. want to love more. So it's not saying it's it's um, instead of, mm. it's just blossoming my heart to have that love for um, the whole world. There's a there's a seamlessness that's coming across when you describe you know your passion for eco faith and, and how you've described it. In fact, in preparing for this conversation, I, I came across a quote um, uh, that was attributed to to yourself about Laudato Si. Um, it's about responding to Laudato Si, connecting people to their local environment, finding God in the other, and caring for our common home together. Yes. And that, that really you know that yes. really touched me when I came across <laughs> that. And and I just wanted similar to eco faith. <laughs> Perhaps there are people who haven't heard of Laudato Si. Yes. So, so what is it? Where does yeah. it come from? How would you describe that? Yeah. Especially for those who have never heard of, of Laudato Si before. And it's that Latin. Why do we in the church always go back to the Latin? <laughs> but that's okay. Yep. And and it does um, go back to St. Francis mm. of Assisi. And mm. so Fra- St. Francis, the patron saint of ecology, mm. you have to give him something. And so <laughs> um, naming a beautiful letter. Mm. So it's the encyclical that the Pope, Fran- our Pope Francis wrote in 2015. Mm. And it really was the coming together of the church's thinking on caring for our common home. Mm. And so it had a see, judge, act, mm-hmm. and it, it followed that Catholic social teaching of going out and seeing the signs of the times mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then judging it. And mm-hmm. then really Laudato Si 
is a call to action mm-hmm. and so many different ways. So for me, who had a, an eco mission and an eco faith already, mm. Laudato Sea has just been my way of um, opening doors and mm. having conversations. And so now Laudato Sea can be the place we start mm. and then I, I hope that that green heart blossoms. Mm. And so for Laudato, for me, Laudato Sea is our little group in our parish. Mm-hmm. It's our little group in our diocese. Mm. It's our little group in the Jesuits. Mm-hmm. It's the little group that I work with the Christian brothers at mm. Mulgoa mm. and the Mercies in their Integral Ecology Fellowship. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, it's the joiner for mm-hmm. us who have, um, an eco mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And can I just say, Sue, I love the fact that uh, when I asked you about Laudato Si, you uh, you grounded that really in um, Francis of Assisi. Uh, often um, people can use the the quick the quick uh, rule of thumb that Laudato Si is what the Pope wrote about. But really, you're saying that it's been part of the the ongoing story of the the yes. church and the church's understanding yes. of how God is active and at play in creation, really. Yes, that's right. And Hildegard of Bingen, uh, yeah. you know, has this beautiful way of knowing that the the creation was important. Mm. And um, Benedictine spirituality, mm-hmm. you know, from my Good Samaritans, you know, um, that just a love of earth. Mm. Yeah, so it's been there a very long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's it. Mm. Now, going to a bit more of the the practical. Um, I was just thinking about this on the drive to your place that we're going to be talking about an eco faith, and to me, that strikes um something about a, a consciousness of how we attend to the environment, and you know what what we um or how we leave our legacy behind. You know when we when we use the resources of this earth. So as I was driving, I'm thinking I'm driving a petrol car. Um, (laughs) I feel like what clothes am I wearing, et cetera. Uh, For those who are feeling quite overwhelmed as to where to start, because it seems like the the eco challenge and the crisis is so big. Yeah, um, the cry of the earth, the cry of the poor. What's a practical way that people can start attending to that? Yeah, so um, the seven Laudato Sea goals Mm. are a good place to start. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's not... It's about the hope of the future. Mm. And, and being a teacher, I know our, um, our students are amazing mm. in the options that they will come forward with, mm-hmm. with all of the um, ecological crises that we do have to solve and change the way we live. Mm. But I think a good place to start is wonder and awe. Mm. So wonder and awe in just sitting in God's creation, sitting by my creek, mm-hmm. looking out for the platypus that I know mm-hmm. are local, local to Kenthurst. Mm. And just that wonder and awe is a great place to start. Mm-hmm. And then it is a consciousness of questioning how can I tread lightly? Mm-hmm. So you talked about the petrol mm-hmm. and that's a conundrum yep. because we've got to live, but can we live more gently? Mm. And um, so this year, my, David, my husband and I um, had for many years wanted to tread more lightly. Mm. And so this year we got the, we got the um, solar panels mm-hmm. and we've got an electric car. So um, it's that's ex- that's exciting for me, but it's it's not it's 
it was a big decision and a big commitment and mm-hmm. and that is hard yeah. for many so it's those small little steps mm-hmm. of of consciously trying to tread lightly and it might be just in um maybe trying to get rid of plastic a little mm. bit or it might be just one thing mm-hmm. i i often say just pick one thing mm-hmm. And do that and then move on to the next one thing. Yeah. So yeah. in contrast to the overwhelm, you're proposing a, a way forward in hope. Yes. Little by little. That's yes. that's a great um yes. great message, especially for our listeners as well. Um and in terms of those uh the seven key takeaways from Laudato C, we'll put a link to that in our show yeah, notes. Just so that people you. can digest that a bit more. Yeah. Um as a way of uh, rounding off this conversation, I had two more questions. Um the first one I suppose it's related. So we like to connect it uh, at the end of our podcast to the parish context and the parish setting. And we like to phrase that in terms of welcome. And so I might combine this into a final question. Uh, Let's just say you have a group of parishioners uh, who have, again, never heard of eco-faith before, but someone in the parish mentions, oh, Sue, she's the go-to person to learn more about eco-faith. You take them to your local creek and you're welcoming them into this whole understanding of eco-faith and eco-spirituality. What does that look like? What would you say to them? What would you get them to do? Walk us through it as if yes, we're there. Yes, yes. And I have done that with our parishioners <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. in the blue gum forest at the end of my road. Mm. So if anybody wants to come to Kenthurst, um, blue gum um, forest is beautiful. Awesome. And it is a contemplative practice. Mm. So, um, and there are lots of ways of con- being contemplative in nature Mm -hmm. and it is listening to the spirit Mm. so being able to listen to the spirit um those that do pilgrimages and walking those practices are are similar and sometimes there's silence Mm. there's just a bit of silence to pick up uh what's happening inside of Mm -hmm. your heart and Mm -hmm. then what's happening outside uh listening uh to creation and uh, my friend Anne Lanyon, who has the most beautiful uh, parish land care group at Terry Hills, mm-hmm. she talks about ask the earth and it will speak to you. Mm. So I haven't quite quite got the um, the biblical <laughs> reference mm-hmm. right. So one practice is silence, mm. and then there is that practice of just sitting by a tree mm. and befriending a tree. Mm-hmm. And maybe just sitting and really communing with nature, mm. and and for me it is the grey gum in the back in my backyard, mm. and that over time that understanding that we are interconnected, mm. and that that um, being attentive to the seasons and the signs, you really do get a sense of the interconnectedness of nature and. And the, the wisdom from our elders and mm. our First Nations mm-hmm. who have those practices of really treading lightly mm. and living sustainably, mm. but we would say caring for country, mm-hmm. so understanding country. Um, so for me, it would be going back to that place again, mm. so that connection to place. And, and for me, I've shared it's blue gum, but for others, it might be your place. Mm. So mm. having that real sense of connection in parish, like mm-hmm. connection to people, but then connection down 
to earth yeah. and and um really doing that I have to say, even even though I said, Sue, that that was our, our final question and, and uh, your final response, there was something about your sharing of that experience that I feel like isn't doing uh, that experience justice. So just for our listeners to keep me accountable and, and to make sure that I connect with Sue again, I'd really love to um, record another podcast episode with you, but uh, for next time that we're out actually in, in, in nature. That's right. And, yes. and that you could guide us through one of those yes. contemplative practices. Yes. And we could um, share that with our listeners just as a way of uh, tasting what that feels like. And if you'd like to get in touch with Sue, then um, she can perhaps take you on one of those local pilgrimages. Yes. Yeah, that would be lovely, Donnie. Thank you so much, Sue, for this time on the Soul Food Podcast. And thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Food. Don't forget to like and follow us on Spotify or your preferred listening platform. This podcast is produced by the Mission Enhancement Team in the Diocese of Parramatta. We release a new episode each week and we'd love to hear from you. So leave a comment or reach out via our contacts in the show notes. Looking forward to sharing another story with you next time on the Soul Food Podcast. Soul Food.